Want to have your very own free-range egg farming business? Welcome to Green Grass Egg Farming Podcast with Daniel O'Brien, the show dedicated to giving you the latest tips, ideas and interviews to help you produce the best-tasting free-range eggs and sell your eggs for the highest price. And here's your host, Daniel O'Brien. Daniel O'Brien here. Welcome back to GreengrassEggFarming.com. My special guest today is Lou Mitzi. Welcome to the call. Hello, Daniel. <laughs> How are you? Very well. Uh, I think we're going to have some fun today. I've known I've known Lou for a while now, and what can I say? You are a funny man. So if nothing else, we're just going to have a lot of fun. And I was going to be serious today. Oh right, oh. <laughs> okay. T- today. I just want to talk about your your farm, like you've got a couple of chicken caravans and you've got a bed and breakfast and that, but just start by telling me where's your farm located and what, what size is your farm? Yeah, we're, we're located in West Gippsland, a little town called Femina South, which is at the base of the Mount Bauble foothills. And we're just below the snow line, so it's an unusual property with regards to where we actually are. Most farms tend to be on the flats. We're very hilly and very cold, very wet. On 150 acres, where 120 acres is all bush, natural bush, and the 30 acres is where we farm with the two chicken caravans. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I do, do remember when I was down there, uh, as you said, it's it's wet and cold. That is my memory of your farm. I think I spent <laughs> one day, one night there, and I packed snow gear, not because I was going to the snow, but I know that West Gippsland or the whole Gippsland yeah. region can get cold, and it was cold and, and windy and wet. So um, It was, it was. Yeah, wet day. So, so Like today. <laughs> okay, righto. What's, what's your current temperature there at the moment? Uh, it's a bit- Five degrees, and since last night we've had about forty-two mil of rain. <laughs> yeah, right. And and for those of you listening to the, this recording, we're, we're recording this in about mi- mid June, so you would expect it to be cold. Yeah. So uh, on your on your farm, you've also got a bed and breakfast. There, there's some like cabins. Are they that you built? Is that right? That's right. We've got three cabins which cater for basically the, the snow guests who go up to Mount Bauble. And the, I built those myself a few years ago, and they've been running quite smoothly. And I can assure you, a lot of the guests with their kids, they love looking at the chickens when they come up. They yeah. find it extremely fascinating, so it's great. Yeah, okay. And how long ago did you get your first flock of chickens? First flock arrived on the 19th of August last year. Okay. And they're still with us, and our second flock arrived on Anzac Day this year. So they're only young pullets, but they're laying extremely well also. So it's great. We're getting an average of about 850 to 900 eggs a day. Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's that's very good out of yeah, nine, 900 chooks. So you got 900 yeah. all up? 900 all up. Oh, might be a few less because we've had a few losses to eagles, but <laughs> around about 886, I think, to be exact. Yeah, okay. So uh, other than eagles, like being up, like you said, there's a lot of uh, scrub, like a uh, bush on your your land. Like, what other predators are sort of looming around? Well, obviously, foxes are, are always a concern. But prior to the chicken car- caravans arriving and the chooks arriving, we actually went through about a month's worth of work eradicating foxes and the burrows. Okay. And I, I find I, I don't have Merrimah dogs. I have uh, alpacas, 
and they tend to do a fantastic job keeping the foxes at bay. Yeah. Um, we've had some issues with wild dogs, but the, they've been eradicated also. I know it's a horrible thing to say, but you've got to get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. My main predator is eagles, and there's nothing you can do about that. That's, I call it a bush tax. <laughs> a bush tax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. But so, I've, tried, I've tried some numerous um, things to get rid of the eagles or try to stop them. Even mirror balls hanging on top of the caravans, but no avail. They basically um, can get down there. I've actually introduced roosters now. Okay. And, 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 um, and how's that worked? I know that's something we've been talking about in the forum lately, uh, adding roosters to the flock. That's right. Well, the, the, these, these roosters have been caponized. In other words, they've been sterilized. Okay. And, um, the other day when the eagle did fly over, the roosters had only been in there for two weeks. They did a big shriek. All the chickens went under the caravan or in the caravan, and the roosters sat on top of the feeder box looking really proud and making their sort of alarm call. So they were ready to forfeit themselves rather than the chickens. So I'd rather lose a rooster than the chook. So tell me, something you just said, the roosters are sterile. Is that right? That's correct, yes. How did you go about that? A vet, vet organises that for you. Okay. But, I mean... It was purely for the stigma. Most people, if you tell them you've got a fertile rooster in with the girls, they're thinking they're going to break an egg open and find a live chicken. Yeah, yeah. It's purely for the stigma of getting that out of the way and these being sterile, you don't have any issues with that regard. Yeah, right. I've, I actually, I've never come across, yeah, a vet that says, hey, yeah, we um, can sterile your dog, your cat and your rooster. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yes, they can do it. It's quite amazing. Um, thing because the rooster's testes are actually under each wing, would you believe? Yeah, right. Okay. Which is quite unusual. Yeah. So he still struts around like a rooster and thinks he's a rooster. He struts but... around and he does his business as he should and, and um, it looks after the girls. So they're, 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 they're good watchdogs in, in a sense or watch roosters. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it'd be interesting to yeah hear how that goes because I know it is very new, something we have been talking about in the forum yep. a, a, another Farmer has uh, used roosters to uh, keep eagles at bay with quite a bit of success. So, yeah, seems to work. Yeah, yeah, great. So, of your your land, you're up on up on the hill there. You have got thirty acres of cleared pasture. Is that right? That's correct, Daniel. Yeah. And then you just sell, sell graze your chickens around that that area. Yeah, I mean, because it's hilly, and I mean, the advantage of the chicken caravan, of course, the nest boxes can be aligned inside, so I tend to run across the bottom of the hill uh, and level it up. So, But the, the caravan can lean slightly, but you can always adjust the nest boxes, so there's not not an issue in that regard. Yeah, okay. Yeah, great. And t- tell me about when you first started egg farming, what were what what were some of the the challenges or some of the the big learning curves in those first few months of having four hundred and fifty chickens? Oh, <laughs> the girl, I mean, I've had chickens most of my life with my parents being of Greek heritage, and uh, you know we've always got chickens, we've always got a, a veggie garden. But getting four hundred and fifty chickens in one hit, it was a bit of a struggle because they don't leave you alone. Number one, and I was sort of a bit daunting. Yeah. And when they started to go on the lay, it was always, they'd be laying in an unusual spot. So you're out there collecting eggs continuously. So it's a bit of a challenge in that regard. But once you get used to it, it's it's fine. You know? And uh, some of them would sleep under the caravan on their first night out, which means you have to, you have to collect 
a hundred or so chickens and put them back in again. So it could only last two or three days, and after that, it's, they just settle in and they know to go in every night. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I've found found the same. I remember those first few nights. You know, what is going on? Why won't you go in? <laughs> and and having visions of, oh, am I going to have to do this for the next year to pick them all up? But oh yes, as you said, it only lasts like two nights, and they're all like, oh yep, yeah, cool. This is where we go. Actually, thinking back to my first caravan, I think the first night it was 130 plus girls outside. The second night was about 70. Third night was 22, and on the fourth there was nothing. So yeah, it was three days of mucking around with a head torch out there in the elements. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they get used to it pretty quickly. Yeah. So, so that was my main main challenge. I, I I had visions of yes, exactly what you said, having to do that every night for, for another year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. No, they're very clever. They're clever little animals. So, so tell me, um, you're saying before with the your guests that come to the bed and breakfast, they they love the chickens. T- tell me about that, like the interaction, sort of with the parents and the kids. Like, what what do they think of that? Uh, well, first, I mean, as soon as as soon as the children see the chickens in the, I, I, I take by security quite, you know. It's a critical thing, and I've got fencing to stop guests coming straight in. But the then there's a secondary poultry fence. Well, as soon as the kids come up to the fence, all the chickens will run over to them, and they they get so excited. Yeah. Even the alpacas will come up because they're interested to see what's going on with the chooks. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, yeah the, the the guests love it, and they get fresh eggs. I supply them in their fridge, fresh eggs every morning. So yeah, and they, they tend that, to buy a must, few eggs on the way they out. They must love that, knowing that. Uh, looking at the hens running on the grass there, and then uh, yep. having some eggs and knowing they're fresh and tasty. So, absolutely. And they all, when, uh, when they're leaving, they tend to buy four or five dozen to take back to Melbourne or wherever they come from. So, yeah, right. It's always a good sign. So, how far is your farm out of Melbourne? To an hour and a half from Melbourne on the freeway, which yeah. is not too far at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. About one hundred and thirty kilometres. Yeah. And uh, and how far are you from the ski fields? It's a forty minute drive up the mountain to the ski fields. Okay, and that's Borbor ski fields. Yeah, yeah that's Mount Borbor, which is a lovely family mountain. Yeah, 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 fantastic. So, other than the chickens, do you have any other livestock, or what? What else uh, happens on your farm there? Well, what we do, my neighbour runs about eighty head of cattle, and he runs them through my paddocks. Uh, whenever the grass is long, okay, and then a fortnight or so, we sort of fence off areas for the cattle to run through. And then a fortnight later, we run the chickens over it, and they love going through all the old cow paddies and digging all them up, which is great because it saves me harrowing the paddy. <laughs> yeah, but they do it for me. No, it's great the disturbance they do, and yes, yeah, sp- spread them out so they're not all in one spot. So yep. And what have you found uh, with the pasture? So you're coming up to almost a year now of having chickens. Have you noticed a difference in the pasture from when the chickens, before the chickens were there till now? Absolutely. The, everywhere the chickens have been fenced off, you can just see the, like the square 50 by 50 area, which is a dark green grass, which is fantastic. The, under the caravan, it takes a little bit longer to recover, but I've, I, since I've had the chickens since August, they've rotated the paddock now uh, once in seven months, so it's plenty of time for the paddock to recover and it looks fantastic. No fertiliser needed or anything, so it's just great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Good to hear. 
saves. I mean, the, the farmer next door, he he was putting chicken manure on his paddocks, and I think he, he went through 180 cubic metres of manure. So he's tempted for me to run my caravans across his paddocks too now. <laughs> yeah, wow. So, might be some potential for a few more caravans later on but yeah everybody can see the benefit and it's it's fantastic you get the benefit of selling the eggs and you get the benefits of great pasture yeah that's fantastic yeah yeah so tell me about uh where you you market your eggs where do you sell your eggs to lou well we're a collective between myself and two other farms so the, the we wholesale all our eggs and they've got markets in Melbourne, which is a lot of the high-end restaurants and cafes. And so it's, it's, I'm doing it on a wholesale level. But between the three farms, we tend – I think we're producing over 4,000 eggs a day, so it's, it's fantastic. And, and the, we just can't – the demand is so great, we just can't make enough. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's really Always good. looking at other farmers who are interested in setting up as part of, our, part of the collective because it would be great. Yeah. And most of those eggs, they're, they're just to Melbourne? Uh, most of it's Melbourne, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they get delivered to Melbourne every Thursday. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. Lou, we'll have to catch up again on another podcast and talk about some of the the technology things you're working on. That would be great. Yeah, I know we're, you're working on some apps for egg tracking and also some automation on the chicken caravans but we won't we won't give all that away right now i think we'll leave that for another podcast and you can explain how all that works absolutely it'll be be my pleasure well thank you so much for your time today lou and we will talk soon thank you daniel take care will do thanks for joining us on green grass egg farming podcast For transcripts and other free resources, please go to greengrasseggfarming.com.